So after some time, when you have a sort of intelligence understanding, then you have to put slowly intelligence faith is necessary. Like recorded from the Sutra itself, is a Sutra called Kuncho Talala. Uh, Talala Sutra says, Teva Ngondo Madra Kevati Yundam Pamjo Sunjim Biyavrche. He said, intelligence faith is like a mother. Uh, if you want to bring a human baby up, you need a, first what you need is a mother. And then the mother will nurture, raise the baby, and uh, gradually it becomes a wonderful human being, right? Fully matured human being. If there is no mother, it's not going to happen. Sort of intelligence rely on a faith is necessary. Like a mother, you, you have to have a mother in order to have a, a baby, number one, and then nurture the baby and brought up as a human being. So it will protect all your quality and it will help it grow the quality. The problem. I might well as share this. Maybe it's out of place. Problem with the West, in the West, particularly Dharma practitioners, when they say there is not so much encouragement. Well, you find it difficult, not only they say, but when they find the difficulty of not having encouragement, that is the problem here. Because we don't have intelligence faith. So therefore, you're not going to get any encouragement at all. The boost of the practice or the path what you're going is a sort of depends on that. And also the, from the same sutra, it also says, one same sutra said, so when person don't have intelligence faith, then nothing good quality of Dharma qualities not going to grow within that person. He said, example, if you have a grain, try to grow grain like in the barley or wheat or rice or whatever. The seed, the seed of the grain, if it's burned, no grain is going to grow, no matter how much nice uh, dirt you may have it, or how much fertilizer you put on, how much water you poured in. Sort of, you may be very careful, putting the right amount of moisture, you may be very careful giving the right uh, amount of heat, temperature, and um, and you may get the best soil, and you may work very hard every day, try to look after, weed it out, and all these things. But the grain is not going to grow because seed has been burned. Likewise, the practitioners, when they have, when they don't have intelligence, faith, no matter how much effort they put in, no matter how early they get up. No matter how many mantras they say, no matter how many prostrations they do, no matter how many circumambulations you do, no matter how many purifications you do, 
nothing going to grow with that individual because the seed has been burned. So that's why first Dalai Lama used the doubt as a nightmare for the practitioners. That's that. So what do we have to do? We should be able to balance. The balance between the blind faith and the doubt is the intelligence faith. That is the really balance. So you're not totally taking the face value. You have to give test, whatever the test you have to give. Actually, the test is on the practice. The products, whatever it comes, take it with the individual, use it, seeing whether it makes sense or not, whether it affects you or not. And if it's affecting here, there, here, there, and if you notice changing your life in positive way, and then you have to stop, you have to quit testing and follow it properly. And uh, the path is uh, such a thing. And uh, when you go, um, I mean, the, the path itself you have to test. And uh, when you have that comes and uh, works well, then you should really follow it. When you think there, this is not working, this, is, this may be great, it is not for me, then just quit. And don't linger around and because it doesn't, doesn't help. So intelligent faith is the how you balance. That is, I think, how the doubt is sort of as a doubt, not live as a doubt, but live it as an intelligent question and gradually use that as a tool to develop some kind of intelligent faith within the individual. And that's the only I know how to turn this faith and the doubt into a positive way. I don't know any other way at all. And that's the only I know how to do it, really, true, of, of the turning doubt into a positiveness. You know, if you keep on doubting everything, no matter whatever it comes, you doubt. Right? If you, if you keep on looking at the negative points, you always find negative. And negative points will also always overshadow the positive of the individual or whatever it is, the projects or whatever it is. The projects is the most important, not the person. As I mentioned to you, we, we say Buddha is great because the Buddhism is helpful. Not because Buddha is great, because he is pure, he is a Buddha. This is not the point. The point, it is really, it doesn't matter who does it, but it does matter what it is and how it affects the individual. That's it. If you people started looking from the negative points, there's a countless negative. And so you have to sort of make a sort of deal with your own mind. To a certain extent, you raise intelligence questions, intelligence doubt. The intelligence doubt can be, become 
very root of intelligent state. I mean, that is how you really grow. But if you keep on the doubt as a doubt, then there's a never ending. You keep on doubting everything until uh, you die. That's it. Then that's the that's end of it. If you have questions, I'm happy to talk. I've heard you mention before the thing about how we don't have to meditate to get angry and we don't have to meditate to get attachment. Mm-hmm. What would you say express your anger, everyone? People get really happy for people who have repressed anger for a long time that they express it. There's a lot of support in society for that. Can you address that? Definition of anger. It has to be definition of anger is, uh, I think, uh, my personal feeling is there's some kind of misunderstanding normally, quite often. People who express the anger, who shout and scream and yell at, and the person is moving on the wrong side of, giving the wrong signal and turn, giving the right signal and turn left, and you sort of start sitting yelling behind, Jesus Christ, what the guy is doing, come on, move, blah, 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 and all this and going yelling and shouting and screaming. Uh, whether that is anger or not, and to me, it depends. And I'm a constant, no. The shouting, yelling, screaming alone, I don't think it's anger at all. The anger, the definition of anger really means, you know, person did this to me and this and that to me, and I have to really get it back somehow. You remember? There has to be the, the meaning of sort of, you know, getting, keeping it in mind and getting back to it, sort of a level back to the person one time or the another, no matter how much it takes, sort of holding it in that manner. That is a really deep anger, because just shouting something and expressing, beating up a pillow is something, get it, uh, it, whether it is anger or not, but it is with sort of a feeling of getting back and hit, and that is the anger. But without that sort of a harming attitude, expressing, shouting, screaming, might not necessarily be anger. And I think we have to draw the line somewhere in between. Like the Japanese uh, have a system when they have a problem with the executives, and they have to run and scream it and cry and do all sorts of funny things in the group, you know, and scream, yell, and cry, and all this, um, whether it's anger or not, probably not. I think it's anger has to have some kind of something which you cannot bear it, loss, exhaust of the patients and I wanted to get back and somehow to get some kind of revenge type of thing. So the wanted to get back. So with that attitude, if you hit anything, then that is non-virtuous. Whether it is really anger or not, it is non-virtuous, right? Even the hitting a wall or double or whatever it is. If you ask me personally, what do I do? If somebody gives the left signal and goes right, 
And he says, If somebody doesn't go faster, I will yell it myself. But am I, am I really saying that from, the, from my heart, with the feeling of frustration, I'm not telling the truth. But I sort of try to go along with the people, how they go. That's what I do. Okay, now, if, you, if I'm angry, do I express my anger? I will not. I will not. If I'm angry, I will not express my anger at all. That's, if you ask me, straightforward, what would you do? I will not. Okay? But that doesn't mean I'm not telling everybody should do that. Because it depends what effect. If you cannot control your anger, and if you keep on doing it, you can get hurt too. Physically, emotionally, and mentally. And even in spiritually too. I think where and how you have to handle your own uh, little anger is according to what need you have. At least from the physical and mental emotional point of view. But as a delusion, you will always try to withdraw from that rather than work with it. If you can manage, sure. If you cannot manage, you're better off with the door. If you go deeper in it, it's deluded, but, but it is not. It is a, what we normally call a non-virtuous action. It creates bad karma. In other words, it creates bad karma. It cuts good, positive karma. It creates bad karma. In that, if you look in that way, it does. Every anger is quite heavy in it. In order to, to cut anger, to cut at the root of anger, don't you have to first recognize it, that you have it? Yeah, not necessarily you sure. You sure. You act do. on it, I but mean, to, say, to say I'm not an angry person, or I'm not angry now, or be, feel guilty over being angry, whatever, rationalizations that people tend to do, I tend to do. Um, in order to, to avoid having to admit anger because it's so upsetting, say. Don't you have to admit it at some point? When you talk this talk first day, and we have mentioned each one of those delusions, the first thing you have to cut is the denial. And that is the basic principle we are following. So I'm taking granted people will do that. And on top of that, I'm talking about, because every time I don't have to repeat, you have to first cut the, cut the denial through, recognize, and then go. Because that I don't repeat every time, because from the beginning we said, as some sort of a pattern, how you work with this, is the first acknowledge. Then, by acknowledgement itself, it, every delusion almost, uh, you really sort of got it from, you got a grab of it. The moment you really recognize you're angry, you, you, you feel embarrassed of yourself. If you, that is how, from the beginning we said, as a pattern, how to work with all these type of delusions. First, cut through the denial, then recognize. And finally we are talking, how to move that in positive manner. 
So these two first steps, recognizing, I mean, cutting through the denial and recognizing is the basic principle pattern you have to carry all the time, all the delusions that you deal, whether it's anger, attachment, hatred, jealousy, pride, ignorance, you name it. But the sixth root or 20 secondary delusions, so every one of those delusions, of out of 52 mental faculties, there are six and 20, 26 negative mental faculties, all of them. Basic pattern is first cut through the denial, then look at it, recognize and acknowledge. Once you get that, you will begin to feel a little embarrassing yourself that, oh, I was angry. So you feel a little bit embarrassed of yourself without anybody, just using you as a reason or others as a reason, I made a fool of myself. How, how, ooh, how, how can I show my face the next day? Sort of a little feel itchy here or something, you know. You like to hide a little bit. Sort of thing, that's, uh, the, that's the how they cut the delusion power through. By recognizing, acknowledging. That is the basic pattern you follow. Then we talk about individually, how whatever we are talking now is individually. Try to recognize what is the positive way we can go through. That is, each and individual will come. You, you know what I mean? I, knew, I do. I, I never heard you, or maybe it never stuck to me, the, the phrase cut denial. That makes it real clear for me. I mean, that I, was the basic thing, very, very basic, broad way, the broad framework. Then within the individual, you sort of cut slightly different here and there. That's what. Uh, that's what we've been talking about. Yes? If you react as you do when you're angry, then, then are you saying that if you are reacting, then you cannot be, you, you must be in denial and you must also not be recognizing? Because I feel that I recognize and I feel I'm not in denial, but I still feel I'm reactive. In other words, it becomes, it's, it's sort of an automatic response. I did not say if you express anger, I'm saying you're denying anger. I didn't say that. Some people will recognize anger and still they will keep on expressing helplessly or intentionally. So both ways is possible. Some people are, even they don't want to say it, they don't want to do it, they can't help it, even though they will go through. And some people, if they recognize they're angry and they still would like to express much more, rather dramatize more and then would like to say it. It is totally depends on the individual character. I'm not saying it, but when you're expressing, you're not a denying. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying it, if you can sit down and quietly, and whether it's past or it's going on, and if you think about it and think what had happened to me, what did I acted? I made a fool of myself in that, in that thing, in that manner. And if you keep on thinking that, if you acknowledge a little bit, that may help. That's what I'm simply saying. That. I'm not saying that expressing is not a denying or denying is not expressing. It's all possible. And every, there is no such thing as sad pattern 
which blanket pattern covers to the everybody. Definitely no. Every human being will have its own little pattern. It will function according to that. And it is the only the self is can find one self pattern, and accordingly you can make use of. There is no such blanket pattern. Some people, when they're angry, they would like to smile and say, hey, mostly Eastern culture. If you're angry, uh, if you, then you sort of go to the extreme, you smile and sort of thing. Or you keep quiet and say not a word. Or some people, if you're angry, you have to get up and walk away. Or some people, if you are angry, you have to shout and scream. Uh, th- that is totally different. Individuals have a different way of doing it. Whether it is due to influence of childhood, or parents, or environment, or society, or individual, whatever it is, I don't know. But each and every individual have its own pattern. So when you try to work with this, you also know the other side, and you try to fit the pattern and see which is helpful to you, and pick it up that way. You are saying that any expression of anger is non-virtuous, no matter if you, you, you can be it. angry because somebody you feel like somebody has done you wrong, and you can confront the person constructively and deal with your anger in that way by mm-hmm. expressing the fact that maybe you've been hurt. And the person doesn't recognize that they made you angry, would that still be non-virtuous because you have made that? The moment you use the word constructively, it is difficult to say it is non-virtuous. Actually, we have to look what do you mean by constructively. Actually, if you are angry or not angry, if you sort of encounter the person with a negative thing, we have seen this in the election uh, <laughs> uh, patterns. You know, in this election pattern, we have we've been seeing it. So it seems to be the majority people. I mean, if, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, whatever I could understand, the majority people didn't really like the negative, which they may call it a constructive encounter, or maybe not. But it seems to be. And negative. So when you, the moment you use the word constructive, I think you have to look two pictures, because individual karmic circumstances and the general effect. Right? It's such a society where individuals dealing with encounter with the people. So we always have to look through the individual karmic consequences and the society too. I see how, to me, doubt is really crippling. I mean, when you doubt, you just get kind of crippled spiritually, and one doesn't act. Whereas anger, to me, it's really hard for me to touch it when it's happening, probably for most people. But uh, it seems to me that when one really starts to sit and think about our ramifications and what happens out of anger, that when one sees a bigger picture of the karmic implications, it's then when one starts to become a little more humble and sits down and takes a little deeper look at how could one act without making that kind of karma. But uh, the question I have is, is this idea of repressed anger, 
For anger that's turned inward and not by force, one keeps it within oneself and doesn't find a place to redirect it. That uh, I have this idea that it becomes judgment, that one becomes judgmental, or one separates oneself with mental constructs. I have two comments. One was you saying that anger, and then you express, and uh, then you may win. Um, I have a big question. Win what? That's what Probably you will not win anything. You may gain some emotional disturbance of both this side and that side person. That's what you win probably out of anger, nothing else. Number two, when you say anger, suppress inwardly. And that is a very important point. When you don't express anger, do we suppress anger? Or what do we do with that? I don't think we suppress anger at all out of any Buddhist practitioners. You may simply avoid expressing in angry way, but at the same time, that very energy which is restless and which is sort of really try to get it back, even imagining to the extreme, suddenly there's some god may come from the sky and hit on the head of the other person, something with the thunder lightning or something, you know, to that extent of whatever the thought, maybe the energy may be there. And uh, so all this restless and all these energies, I think we try to channel that, change into developing patience rather than suppress and keep it down. So you say, I'm getting angry, I have to keep it down, suppressing like this. I don't think it works that way at all. So when you say inwardly suppress, I have a question on that. I don't think, I mean, if you say, I'm going to get angry, I just can't do it, I just can't do it in that way, if you keep on doing that, then that may make the people very bad. So the question of suppress is I don't think it's there. And I think of the Buddhism, particularly Bhagavadana Buddhism, as you know, if you look at very carefully, this anger and hatred been using as a part. So it is a big transformation rather than keeping as anger and suppressing on that. I mean, it really becomes part. That's why you have this terrified deity, you know, really horrified looking are the result of the transformation of a thing. Even those um, five skandhas been transformed, become five Buddhas and the five feelings, all of them. So I don't really think you suppress at all. So that's my personal feeling. Okay, I think we have to stop here and thank you.